Boy, oh boy, do we have an episode for you guys today. Welcome to episode number 32 of Bottled Up with Nick Brax. Earlier in the year, Sonny and I sat down with Nick, uh, who is the founder of Move Your Mind, and honestly, he's an all-round top bloke. Nick speaks about the pressures of living a majority of his formative years as the son of Steve Brax, the Victorian Premier, and how his innately ambitious and fixated personality traits to create his own legacy led to the mental health problems he experienced later on in his life. And arising from his experiences, Nick has taken the time to write his own book called Move Your Mind, containing all the life lessons he's learned from his experiences. His book will be made available at any Australian bookstore, um, Amazon Books, or if you're like myself who gets their books on iBooks, it's also on there as well. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this podcast with the author himself, Nick Brax. story as well and so excited actually that we actually went out and brought new brand new table mics for this uh for this podcast <laughs> so um and just to let you know as well these that these table mics are actually sponsored by underbrax so <laughs> thanks for the thanks for the not sponsor. sure if you knew oh, nick oh, of course <laughs> yeah <laughs> wasn't aware but you know I'm, I'm happy to happy to provide no i'm yeah <laughs> you're you're joined uh you're, you've joined us on the other side of the world at the moment um for those for those that are listening there's two of us in melbourne and there's one of us um outside of melbourne nick um where are you is it canada at the moment yeah so i'm, I'm living in new york but i'm in i'm in vancouver right now and um so it is it's 2 two forty-five in the afternoon someone has just started mowing their lawn out the front of the place <laughs> i'm staying in so i hope that's not coming up too much on the on the um recording of this uh can't really control that but yeah i'm um <laughs> I've come. I used to live in Vancouver, so I've like they they opened the borders, and I've come here just to um, have a bit of a break from New York, and it's been been really nice. But I feel um, you know guilty as well to tell everyone in in Australia about my, what I'm doing at the moment, you know, with everything going on there. So yeah, very lucky to like have freedom over here. Yeah, no, I think um, I, we actually had a chat before this, and I was just super jealous. You know, I feel like you're Michael Schofield in Prison Break. You just managed to <laughs> just escape this lockdown that we're in, and now you're living it up in in, uh, in in Canada. Yeah, I was pretty lucky. Well, I mean, I, I I moved to New York in at the beginning of the year, so I've got a green card now, and I was back in Australia for a lot mm. of the the initial parts of the pandemic for like eleven months, and then I had to actually get mm. back into America physically, or I'd lose my green card. So um, moved mm. back and. Yeah, I think I, I sort of timed it pretty well. I mean, with everything that's happened, but no, it's like, it's, you know, Australia's, I think every, there's no right or wrong with, you know, how the pandemic's handled and Australia's done an amazing job with, you know, saving lives compared to overseas. So, but it's a tough thing, you know, and, and you know, like, I guess what we're going to be talking about today as well with mental health, it's not talked about enough um, how much it's affecting people. Uh, and it is, it's a real thing and suicides have gone up and, um you know it's a, it needs to be spoken about and we need people like you guys um you know running podcasts and communicating messages and stories like what you're doing so i think it's you know a great thing uh that you you know you, you guys are out there getting these messages out into the world you know we need more people like you mm. doing it thanks yeah no absolutely and i mean like massive massive thank you for coming on board and like obviously you know you must be quite busy at the moment and you know coming on and sharing your story we've been listening to your podcast move your mind and so that you've just released your book as well um recently so um i imagine we'll, we'll probably be touching on it a little bit more um over the next hour but i imagine things must be in like full swing you know promoting the book and and getting sort of sharing your story out there at the moment 
It has been. I mean, it, it, I was saying to someone before, I, I need to read my own book now because I'm really, my mental health has quite rapidly, quite, 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 quite drastically declined. Um, I, I, which, you know, I, I've been, um, no, I think it's been important to be honest about that stuff, yes. but it, it declined in the sense that um, I, since I've moved to the US at the beginning of the year, I've been mm. a huge part of my work is still in Australia. So I'm sort of living two lives and, you know, I'm up late, you know, often till two, three, four in the morning, mm. um, coordinating meetings with Australia. Then I've got projects and work I'm doing in America. And mm. um, I probably last Friday hit a wall because I've been doing all of that. Then the last four mm. weeks, because I was initially meant to be back in Australia, but um, didn't make it for the launch of the book. So I've been um, aggressively doing this Australian launch and that's meant every night, you know, being up all night mm. and, um, I just, yeah, I, I really hit a wall. So I'm going to sort of take a back step now and try and get a bit more of a routine because, you know, it, it's really affected my sleep and I'm getting tired, you know, exhausted from mm. it. So it's, um, it's been great. It's been good, but, uh, you know, time to, time to, to, yeah, take, take, a, take, take a some of my own medicine. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it may, it really makes sense. And Sunny and I can really identify with that because I think last year, you know, in 2020, obviously it presented its challenges on, on many different levels. But um, for me, for Sunny, myself and Ujwal as well, the other founder, we sort of found ourselves having that burnout as well by the end of last year, because essentially what happened was we started Bottled Up or the idea of Bottled Up in, I think like March or February, was it February, Sunny? Yeah, February, March last year. Yeah. And then we spent about eight months planning. And in that in that time, we were also balancing that with full-time work. <clears throat> so it was mm-hmm. planning for bottled up full-time work and i don't think we actually had a proper break until about december and i think it was just non-stop like literally like whenever we went, whenever we weren't working it was bottled up whenever we weren't doing bottled up we were working so that burnout and i think we, we took a bit of like sort of time off at, early on this year just to sort of recuperate from 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 the, the hard work so we can completely that's a lot sort of see your point of view there yeah yeah it's a lot to manage and yeah exactly it's a it's a funny thing because you don't really realize burnout until you sort of take a step back and i'm sure you're probably feeling that at the moment because you know you're on 110 this whole entire time and then you take a day or two and i was talking to a colleague the other day and um he had a monday off for like the first time in a while and it's funny because on a sunday it's almost as if your body's priming itself for the start of the week and for the monday but taking the monday off is like almost like a shock to the body like oh, i'm meant to be working today but your body um takes that day as a rest and then um he actually felt quite exhausted on the monday on on the day he had off and he would never feel that on a monday so it's an interesting thing around burnout and i'm sure your story you know you would have you know this is reminiscent to like you know, your earlier days as well, just being on 110% um, and taking some time back and taking a step back, you realize that just how exhausted and how much fatigue your body actually holds. Um, oh, system. yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really, really good point what you're making and um, where that's the thing, you know, when you finally, it's like when people go on holidays, they get sick or they finally, you know, it's finally their body's like just so relieved because they're like, oh, I can actually mm. relax. And, <laughs> and, you know, because you've just been running on adrenaline and push and it's, it's really bad for our health long term. And um, so it's a fine line because like, obviously, like what you guys are saying, your example, if you didn't push yourself to that level, then you wouldn't mm. be able to start uh, the podcast around full-time work. Um but I think so. I think it's not about necessarily, and you know, this is a big thing I talk about as well in in mental health. And you know, I'm not I'm not an expert, or I'm not qualified in as a psychologist. I'm more just an advocate. But I think uh, it's not about getting you know the word perfect. You know, what does that mean anyway? There's no such thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not about um, always actually doing everything 
um, where it is on, you know, where all areas of your life are healthy because we sometimes can't control that. It might, but it, what what I think is really important is self awareness. So it's like what you were saying there. You know, you're um, you're working full time. You're starting a podcast. You're aware that okay, you know what? I know what this is being done for really pure reasons, and it's very important. Uh, but I can't sustain this level for t- for long term, or I'm mm. going to have to balance things out or give myself a break so I can recuperate. So I think self awareness is really the key, you know. And that's like mm. for me, like you were saying, when I was younger, I was trying to start three businesses at once and do all these crazy things and thought I could take over the world and I kept burning out and I kept making <laughs> mistakes and um, you know was stubborn about it and didn't have the self-awareness um, about that so at, mm. the difference now I guess is I've at least you know got when, when I do go through these periods there's a plan and there is that awareness about it and there's that knowledge that okay I've got mm. a I can see what's happening I've got to now give myself that time what now that the book launch is uh, in Australia coming to a close I can have a little break before we launch it in America and you know give myself permission to just relax a little bit and you know I think we we forget that life is you know um, a long game it's not you know not a short sprint and and you know the and we're taught now you know capitalism and all the crap that's Mm. out there and mass media (laughs) social media there's just Mm. so much trash everywhere um, that everyone wants you know everything right now and even if you can obtain it quickly, it's probably not going to sustain. It would be like building a, mm. a house with, you know, no foundations. It'll fall down mm. eventually. But if you yeah. if you just take your time and, you know, like, again, what you guys are doing with your podcast, doing it for the right reasons, doing it well, mm. um, and just sticking to it long term, it might take, you know, two years, three years, five years, 10 years before real mm. momentum happens. But yeah. if you can do that, you're going to build something <clears throat> that could build into, you know, something really massive long term. Uh, but you need to have that long-term view. So I think it's you know so important that people understand that you know more than ever in you know this day and age that we live in. Yeah, absolutely. Consistency. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I think you even mentioned there around how um, you wanted to start your own business, or at, at one point you wanted to start three businesses at once, and and how you experienced a lot of burnout during that time. Um, and and when we sort of take a, a snapshot of, of your life and, and we sort of look at your life at, in your more formative years, I think one of the things that you've spoken about is how it was kind of defined by that personality trait of being you know, overly, overly ambitious and, and obsessive. And it was kind of sort of defined by this idea of being seen as the son of Steve Brax, the Victorian Premier at the time. And um, you've been very sort of open and, and and candid about how this actually made you feel during that time. Um, it it, it was a, a bit of an issue for you. Yeah, oh, massively. Time, it was a yeah big issue for me growing mm. up. Um, I guess you know you sort of questioning who you are. You're trying to learn. You know, I had other problems that would have been there if I didn't have that. And then probably with my personality type, especially where I'm sort of you know naturally wanting to you know do my own things and you know passionate about trying to create my own path. Um, that really drummed it in and thinking, okay, I've got, I've got to do something extreme now because um, everyone knows me as the son of this person. I, I love my dad and I'm proud of him, but fuck off. I'm like, I'm Nick. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not like, I don't, I don't meet people or catch up with a friend and say, Hey, how are you? The son of Roger. <laughs> so great to meet you. Like, it's like, no, they're, they're freaking, they're their own freaking person. Yeah. So it really yeah. drum drummed that in uh, yeah. on a very, very unhealthy um, behavior came out of it, but uh, mm. yeah, it, it sort of like took a long time, and it, you know that's why I um, got interested in this work for that plus a number of other reasons of being like, okay, I had to go through this crazy path to navigate this, but other people 
if they were educated earlier on, you know, could maybe avoid some of the mistakes. It's interesting you mentioned that because you speak about that idea of, of nature versus nurture in your book and in, also in other sort of TED talks and, and podcasts as well. Um, but is it that idea that, you know, you were innately born with those personality traits of, you know, of having that, that ambitious and, and obsessive drive, which, you know, in isolation is actually a very, very desirable set of characteristics. However, you know, those personality traits married with the environment that you were in at the time in terms of the pressures you faced and, and of, of being the son of a very famous politician, it kind of created a perfect storm in a sense that allowed, you know, those mental health issues that you experienced later on in your life, um, you know, it allowed those issues to kind of fester and, and, and grow. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Exactly. I think, um, yeah, I would have had, you know, problems regardless and it wasn't, so the problems weren't just sim- symptomatic of you know, the external things that were happening. It was as far, I can remember as a very young kid having obsessive tendencies, thinking differently, not fitting in, um, struggling at school because my mind didn't see things in a black and white way, uh, not being able to communicate because I didn't understand the structures I was put under. And, you know, I didn't get told that it was okay to be different or think differently or how you do that. So all of that would have happened. But yeah, like you said, you know, you sort of couple all of that with this quite extreme or unusual, you know, way to grow up, and um, and it, and it sort of, you know, led to, uh, yeah, the perfect storm probably for really breeding these mental health problems and um, creating those issues that came up. Hmm. And an example you actually gave in your book as well was around um, how you take bricks from your from your backyard and you train um, in your bedroom. I think when, whilst everyone was sleeping and, um, you'd also do a casual one and a half hour run before you went to school each day as well. Oh, this was extreme behavior. Yeah. You know, this was as an 11, 12 year old kid. And, you know, mm. looking back it sort of, it was addiction. You know, I, I had an addiction mm. to exercise mm. and my mind would not stop thinking and I didn't know how to control it. And the, the, you know, it was sort of an urge to, you know, push myself to that level that no logic could explain uh, and no one could reason with me. And I didn't understand it myself. I All I knew was I had to do it because I didn't know any other way. Uh, and it did. It was crazy. It was sort of like, uh, you know, training to play AFL originally and then getting so fit that I was winning all the middle distance mm-hmm. running races. And then I wanted to be a middle distance runner and sort of like that because I didn't have to rely on anyone else. At that point, I could get up at um, as you were saying before, I'd get up at two two thirty three in the morning and um, lift these bricks that I'd hid under my bed because my mum was, you know, obviously they were worried, but they didn't know how bad it was. And then you know, run for an hour and a half before school. I'd go to training. I'd triple what my coach gave me. And I remember getting home and um, you know, not even being able to walk upstairs to go to bed. I was that that exhausted and depleted. And uh, and it, you know, it had all these other effects. It stunted my physical development. I didn't hit puberty till I was like sixteen, almost seventeen. And that caused trauma and that also, you know, made it hard to compete in sport. And, you know, I was built like a 12 year old until that age. And then sort of eventually when I did stop with it all, my body actually had time to develop. But yeah, it was extreme sort of stuff. Um, And, you know, it's not not like it's, and I don't say it like it's a sob story. I mean, a lot of people have been through far worse things. I think it's more, I just try and tell my story as an example of, hey, this is, you know, one of literally millions upon millions of things that people go through and I'm just all I'm doing is showing an example that it's okay especially as a man it's okay to be vulnerable and talk honestly and there's no shame in that it actually takes more courage to do that and you know we need to encourage other people to do the same thing yeah absolutely and and one of the things you like 
that's so pertinent in, in your story is this idea of like invalidation. Um, we talked about it just a couple of moments ago, how um, people used to refer to you as, you know, the son of Steve Brax. And um, one of the comparisons I just want to draw is, you know, you put so much pressure on yourself to be this exceptional person. Um, and a lot of these things turned into uh, obsessive thoughts, compulsive behaviors that were ultimately self-destructive. Um, was there an element of all this that was um, trying to get out of your own head? Like when you look back at your story, you know, during those teenage, um, you know, years, um, you know, most likely, you know, did you think that, you know, actually I was going through something else, you know, you know, on the mental health or mental illness, you know, spectrum. And, um, you know, this was just a way of me just trying to deal with that. And so me being completely obsessive with my fitness and, and trying to create a name for myself, um, they were just byproducts of whatever was going on in my head. Oh. Was there was there that element? Oh, 110%. I think that's the main driving force for it. It was sort of, you know, and then it turned into when I, um, my body broke down from training too hard and it turned into then alcohol abuse and I didn't touch alcohol till I was 19 or 18, almost 19. Um, and, you know, overnight that became the next thing that I was abusing. So it was all escapism and all trying to mm. stop, you know, not having the tools or the knowledge to stop my mind, uh, not yeah, not being able to cope in day-to-day life and, and finding, you know, um, wanting these extreme things. So, yeah, all of it was really manifesting from from that, from uh, mental health-related problems, not understanding how my mind worked, not knowing, you know, the tools to, to deal with it. Um, and it took, you know, a long, long time to, to find how, how to cope with that. Mm. And did, did your parents, like, ever pick it out in you or, or is this something that, I know we're going to touch on, you know, a couple of events that happened in your life. Um, but did your parents ever like have that glimpse that, that something just wasn't right? You know, your body was crashing. Um, you know, maybe you were seeing like a, um, physiotherapist, um, they were, they were giving you some signals. Um, yeah. Did, did that ever happen? Oh yeah. They were definitely, you know, they, they knew there was a problem and they were definitely, um, doing, you know, whatever they could to stop it. They didn't know how bad it was, but they were trying to intervene and, and I would be sort of trying to, hide away from it reassure them that things were okay so um they yeah they they were trying their best but it was something that you know nothing was going to stop me until i got to that point where um i just had hit rock bottom basically and you know couldn't Mm. couldn't cope anymore but uh yeah they they were trying and people knew there was a problem but i was you know doing every effort i could to avoid having to uh make any change Mm. and just building on that as well i feel like one of the learnings that we've had um, in mental health is this idea of, you know, this idea of balance. And I think, you know, if I, I, maybe I might just take the example of anxiety um, because, you know, where, because anxiety is one of those things where in isolation and in moderation, it's actually something which is very, very good because it can alert you to dangers it can, and it gives you a sense or gives you a reason to be vigilant in times where you are required to be vigilant and it, it actually keeps you kind of safe. Um, However, like the, the problem kind of starts with anxiety when, you know, it starts to affect other aspects of your life. And when there's not really a, a threat present, that's when it can mm-hmm. it can start being a, a mental health related problem. But and sort of just relating that back to your situation, have you found that you still that the fact that you still have that, you know, that ambitious and, and fixated kind of mindset? Um, but because you've had that experience um, of the, the experience of, of what you've gone through you are able to now control it and channel it in the right way, you know, rather than having it being um, originally being fueled by this idea of be, of becoming the, the, the perfect person. Yeah, I think it's a really, really good point what you're making. And, um, and, and I think this is 
I, I guess yeah it's a complicated area but like a, for sure you know like whatever you, however you whatever you are innately you know that's not going to go away or if you and you know a lot of the most successful people in the world are actually have extreme mental health conditions mm-hmm. you know um have like mania or obsessive thinking or bipolar or ocd so many you know even on my podcast i've interviewed heaps of you know famous actors and uh athletes and they've got extreme ocd uh and you know that stuff you don't it does doesn't just magically disappear once you work on yourself it's sort of your core is always there but you learn how to manage it and you learn the healthy you know ways to to yeah to go around it and you learn also when you know when you do see the behavior going out of control then you realize that you have the awareness to remind yourself hey you know i've done this before this is getting out of hand now i've got to reel that in or i've got to stop and take a break and you know it's about balance really but uh, i think it's also an important thing that people understand when you know whoever you are or whatever it is you're trying to do when it comes to mental health um it's a you know whether you are someone that is trying to learn how to manage an issue like ocd or whether you are someone that uh is perfectly you know coping coping okay or has just had something difficult to go through and you've got yourself you've you know found tools to cope with it you don't just get over it and then stop you know it's like it's like saying i want to um exercise and get fit lose weight eat well do all these things that get me there and then when i get there then i can stop and for the rest of my life i'm going to remain healthy and fit and keep the weight off it's like it's not going to work like that you've got to do it for there's no there's no end point and you know that's what it's like with mental health it's about doing things that are good for us daily that you know we can carry not not to reach an end goal or you know this word of perfect what does that even mean anyway it's like impossible Mm. to define that because it's based on what each individual you know perfect for one person's different for the other so it's just about i think the the meaning of life really is just about uh learning and growing and you know trying to and never and i think when you stop growing that's when you die you know Mm -hmm. you've got to just keep growing and and there's, there's no end point but i think society likes to try and teach us that there is an endpoint. If I yeah. if I do this or buy a house, have a family, achieve this, yeah, when I finally then. get there, then I can relax and be mm-hmm. happy. It's like, no, if you can't be happy right now, right in this moment, if you can't enjoy the exact process of what you're doing today, you won't be happy in twenty years time when you made ten million dollars. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta find a way to enjoy just what you're doing right now, because that's all we ever have. I think I think you said um you said something that I've kind of reflected on quite a bit and it's this idea that you know I, I follow a lot of people within the entrepreneurial space and a lot of them um, you know they suffer from so much um, in terms of mental health the amount of um, exorbitant pressure that they put on put on themselves to be the best um, I think you, you made a really interesting point you know you've, you've chatted with so many different actors and um, someone's story that you know I've, I've really liked listening to is uh, Osher Ginsberg and he talks so much about you know his own PTSD and, and OCD and in some way, these people have said that, yes, there's been so many drawbacks of, of dealing, you know, especially in Osher's case, he speaks about his OCD and, and so many drawbacks that have come from it. You know, he's thinking 3000 things at once um, and, and everything like that. But um, he credits some of his success and, and some of the work that he's done to that as well. So it's almost brought out some really um, positive aspects, um, you know, with his own battle. Mm-hmm. Um and I imagine, you know, it's, you know, we're going to touch on it a little bit. I have said it a couple of times, but I imagine it's probably done something <laughs> similar for you as well. Like, um, you know, these, these things around obsession and, and these things around compulsive behaviors, yes, they've been very destructive in so many different ways in your life, but at the same time, there's probably elements of that, that have, you know, that, you know, that nature aspect that you've 
you might be quite grateful about, um, which I've always found really fascinating, you know, with mental health. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a really good point. And, and you know, this is like, and the thing that I've learned more and more and remind myself every day as I've gotten older is, again, going back to this thing of like, what's the right decision? What's the perfect thing to do? What mm. is right or wrong? It doesn't exist. Whatever the mm. hell you do is going to have good things and bad things. If you want to go and be an entrepreneur and do your own things, you know, I if someone wants an easy life, like, I absolutely would not recommend doing what I've done for the last, you know, 13, 14 years now. Yeah. I've never had a normal job. The, the longest I've ever had a paid job was a part-time job for two days a week for about three months. And the rest of the time I've done my own projects, I've made money, I've lost yeah. money, I've gone broke, I've moved back to my parents' house more times than I can count. I've had to borrow mm -hmm. money off friends. I've, you know, been rejected, you know, hundreds mm -hmm. of times in auditions and, you know, it, it's freaking hard. And then you think you're mm -hmm. finally on the right track and then something gets thrown at you and... So it's yeah. like if someone can't put up with, you know, that kind of um, disruption and uncertainty, I would say do not go down that path. It, there's no mm -hmm. amount of reward you can get out of it that is worth doing that because it's like putting yourself through hell. Uh, I think to your point, you know, in my case and I think a lot of people's cases who follow these pathways, it's not because you're doing it because you're thinking, oh, I just want to, you know, become famous or make money or mm. I'm doing acting because hopefully I can get to this level or... yeah whatever it is it's like i'm doing it because it's how my mind works i can't work yeah, for someone you genuinely not because enjoy i it. genuinely enjoy it not mm. because i'd have anything against you know people that work for someone i think that's great mm. and you know there's no again no better or worse or right or wrong i just know for me i think in the way that i i you know for me money's not the number one thing for me freedom trumps everything mm. if if someone says t takes away the freedom yeah. in the way that i want freedom there's no amount of money you can you know re replace that um, so I've sort of followed in that in that way. So I think again, you know, going back to the point you were making, um, having a mind that thinks in that way definitely uh, is, you know, the 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 sort of blessing can be the curse. And I see this in, you know, in the acting industry that I've been in for a little while now. So many actors, almost every actor or performer, has mental health problems um, mm. because the, I think the byproduct of being uh, of having a creative mind is that you're going to have mental health issues because a creative mind is thinking nonstop and looking, you know, looking at every situation from a hundred different ways uh, and analyzing things and questioning things. And that's what makes you creative. And that's what makes you able to, you know, th think in that way. But because mm -hmm. you think like that, then it's very hard to turn it off. And it's hard to deal with day-to-day -day situations because you get exhausted and you overanalyze and you project. And, you know, so it's like the blessings, the mm -hmm. curse. So it's again, I think mm -hmm. whatever you're doing in life and it's, you know, a thing that everyone should remind themselves um, just to, again, enjoy the path we're on because every path, it might look good from the outside, but it's going to have negatives. But yeah, I think gratitude is so important and we all mm. should, you know, need to remind ourselves of it. And I actually do gratitude journaling every morning when I wake up now and, you yeah, know, just yeah. simple things. And I just nice. like write it in my phone in the notes because I know I won't stick to, you know, getting a notepad and actually doing it. The phone's always <laughs> there, you know, yeah, for more unhealthy reasons than healthy. But yeah, you got to... And, and, and sometimes use, you know, bad things for good things and for whatever. But, you know, that that's what seems to get the job done for me. But no, it does help. And um, and I think, you know, I was talking to a friend about this the other day. It's like uh, reminding ourselves, you know, we cannot, we can often feel like, oh, you know, why are things so hard for me? Why does that person have this? Why, you know, it's not fair or blah, blah, blah. And it's true. Life is not fair. But it you can look at that on every single level in you know, in Australia, you might compare your life to someone else who has been luckier and had more to you. But then if you compare your life to some 
kid who's grown up in poverty in Africa and, you know, can't even access clean water, then your life is really fortunate. So it's sort of like realizing that, yeah, it's not fair, but we're not owed anything. You know, why, why, why do we deserve something? If we want something, we can go and try and, you know, work towards it. But, um, and also there's always going to be someone with a much worse off situation than us. So it's not, it's not about being, and, and I think, but there's somewhere in the middle because there can also be, um, you know, toxic positivity where you start telling yourself, and, you know, I've met people like this where it's, they're actually not happy and they're suffering, mm. but they're not addressing, you know, these problems because they're just convincing themselves and everyone else that not everything's fine. I'm so happy. I'm so amazing. Everything's amazing. Mm. Um, and that's actually to protect yourself from having to be vulnerable and, um, you know, and um, deal with the problem. So I think it's somewhere in between where, you know, and it's like, and that goes for anything in life that, you know, we live in a world right now where there's, extreme polarization uh there's not an, enough of a middle ground where people have one extreme opinion or the other and then mm. they don't see mm. eye to eye and it's like it's not normally should yeah. be somewhere in the middle and you know i think balance is is yeah with everything. No, balance is, is definitely very important and um uh, on the topic of sort of the resilience and, and you mentioned you, you interviewed hugh as well and i'm sure that there have been there have been times in your life where um you've had to you know show resilience and um i think sunny as uh, i think sunny's alluded to they signposted this um <laughs> but i think this would be a good time to to potentially get into it a bit i think because you know there was obviously a moment in your life and i believe it was in 2007 i think sunny and i were both in i think year three or year four yeah. or something like that and yeah. um, we're pretty we were, pretty, we were kids at the time <laughs> so we didn't really understand what was what was going on i couldn't even write <laughs> yeah yeah this is back at the time where uh <laughs> We had to eat our vegetables and uh, get to bed by 6 p.m. <laughs> um, but I feel like things sort of changed for you in like the public eye. Um, and of course, it's very well documented what, what sort of happened at that time in your life. Or that period in your life is pretty well documented. But, uh, you know, you've spoken very openly about it in TED Talks and in your book as well. That, like, the very first chapter is about that incident. Um, for, and, you know, it's about your time where you've spoken about alcohol abuse and substance abuse. And are you able to maybe take us into that mind, into your mind during that time maybe before and 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 after and during the incident yeah and yeah you're making me feel old that you guys were (laughs) that young back back then gee (laughs) i get i'm 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 done i'm over the hill (laughs) came over for me (laughs) i know uh we'll put we'll put uh we'll put uh 40 minutes back into your diary (laughs) okay um yeah exactly um yeah, around that time, it was, um, yeah, I, I, well, I, I'd wanted to be this athlete trained at this extreme level. My body broke down. Um, I didn't develop socially. I was already shy and insecure, but didn't develop, develop socially because I had all these, you know, problems with um, the overtraining and my body not developing. So I felt ashamed and isolated. So all of this stuff happened. And then I finished at high school and uh, didn't know who I was or what I wanted. I was afraid of my own shadow you know, couldn't look someone in the eye and talk to them. Uh, and if I couldn't be a professional athlete, I thought I may as well not be alive. I was like, life is, unless I can do this, I was so singular and unless I can do this thing, that's all I care about and want in life. My whole identity had been built on that. Mm-hmm. And I love, you know, I love the feeling of, you know, push being able to do something ex- extreme because I'd get bored or not be able to, you know, I don't know. I just found it very hard to operate on a normal sort of level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of that happened and I did a gap year, went overseas, didn't cope, came back, uh, dropped out of, I went to university, dropped out and, you know, was abusing alcohol, getting in trouble. And it just progressively got worse to the point where 
it was you know borderline catatonic i couldn't get out of bed and you know that was when i was at rock bottom and my mum had to like drag me to go and get help but uh i think you were asking you know what was my feeling or what was going through mm. you know my mind at that time and um you know and uh, yeah i'm glad i went through all these things because i think you've got to you know experience things you've got to feel things you've got to fail at things in life to be able to understand it and what it gave me was a huge amount of empathy for anyone going through anything because i you know i remember the feeling i've never been at that point where i felt like i was going to actually harm myself mm. um but it wasn't probably wasn't far i was so helpless of thinking god i don't you know what's the point i i, I don't have anything to live for here i don't want to i don't want a future um and it was just such a helpless thing and it's even hard to explain uh you just feel like you're you're trapped in uh you know you're locked away in a prison without and there's no key to get you out or uh, or a way like and i've been through other periods you know after that where a way i sort of described it was you feel like you're sort of in a swimming pool um you know you keep falling under the water and you, you you're coming up and you're trying to you know gasp for air while someone's pushing your head down and every time you get a bit of air and you're getting pushed back down mm, yeah. and it's just this feeling of just utter helplessness with no way out and uh it's a scary thing so again you know i I got through it all and, um, you know, had to learn that I need to always, you know, manage things and made me realize that, no, you know, no matter what, who you are as well, anyone can get to that place, whether they think they can or not. Um, but it, mostly, you know, the gift that I got out of that is just this enormous amount of empathy for, you know, anyone going through anything because all, all problems are relative, you know, so uh, no matter whether it's, there's no such thing as worse or, or better, it whatever that person's actually feeling is real to them. So, you know, we need to take that seriously. Yeah, you said a really good point. There's a, um, a Chinese philosopher called Confucius. You might have heard him. And, and he says that everyone has two lives and, and your second life begins when you realize you only have one. And, you know, touching on your point, you know, you, you very much confronted death, you know, you know, in that car crash. And um, you had all this, you know, everything circulating in the media one thing we've always talked about in you know a number of different bottled up podcasts is this idea that um mental health sits on a continuum um you know everyone is you know either having you know a good day or a bad day or whatever it might be but they're, they're falling they're falling on this continuum and um it's interesting because it is a continuum but when you're when you're like you know in quotation marks when you're in the gutters and you know you talked about you know you're in prison and, and you're shackled up and you're in your own head it's really hard to see that continuum it, it's like you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel it, it becomes so hard you are on that continuum but it's so hard to see that um i'm i'm quite intrigued just to know like you know as all that was happening in your life what was going through your head you know you talked about you know getting out of bed you know 3 4 p.m in the afternoon this sense of hopelessness and and you know things just weren't going in the right direction um but you know going back to the Nick Brax that you were when that was happening, what was going through your head and how did you go about seeking help? Um, you talked about your mum actually being a, you know, really strong pillar of support during that time as well. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's a really, a really good question. And, you know, I didn't know what to do and I didn't know what was, I didn't even know what was going on. I knew it was bad and I, but I didn't know, you know, I didn't have the understanding or, you know, knowledge or self-awareness or education. So it wasn't until it got to that extreme point where, you know, my mum literally had to drag me to see a psychologist and I got talking to this psychologist and uh, found out very early on that I was severely depressed, which even after everything I'd been through and all these crazy incidents, I was still even shocked about it, hearing it, even though 
the writing was on the on the wall mm. because I thought, oh well, that's you know that's like kind of embarrassing and weak, and you know I should feel ashamed of all of this. Um, so it took me a little while, or not, probably not too long after I told uh, my best friend at the time about it, and you know I was almost trembling telling her and thought she would judge me, and she was you know com- the complete opposite and became a really important sounding board in it. And through the whole process of going through that, it really taught me how how um, important it is that we speak about these these things and how uh, that's probably the biggest obstacle to, to making a change is actually just talking about it. Like I always say the one thing that you should never do is nothing. So if you do nothing, the problem will get bigger mm. and get worse and get more out of control. So just doing something and, you know, you might not have the um, confidence to go and tell even a friend about it at that time. But, um, you know, you can go and Google, type in free mental health helplines and just call one of them and get put onto... Um, get put onto someone who then can help facilitate you, you know, taking the next steps. But uh, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a good point that in those situations and, and, you know, this is, again, it draws back to what I really think needs to happen long-term is uh, we need education completely embedded into the schooling system. Um, from day one, we need to be taught as one of the most prominent, if not the most prominent things that we're taught in school about mental health, emotions, communication, relationships, self-awareness, etc. I, I think it's the most important thing in life because it, it leads to everything. And we, the crazy thing is we're sort of often left to our own devices to learn through trial and error. And not to the fault of our parents, but a lot of the time our parents have not been taught by their parents. And it's, you know, it's this cyclical thing, this generational thing that will not break until we're all educated. So I think that's the only key long-term. But... Uh, you know, there's that element of it. And then I think there's the other element of life experience of, for me now, and I know other people that I talk to have the same experience, the more life experience you've, you've had, you know, you're not, it doesn't mean you're not going to go through um, things that you're fearful of or go through grief or go through really difficult periods or get overwhelmed. That's all, still all going to happen to everyone. But um, you start to learn, you know, when you're having one of those days, well, and like you were saying before, when it feels like there's no, you know, you're so overwhelmed that it feels like this feeling will never go away. You still feel that same way, but then mm. you can remind yourself, hey, I know I feel like that right now. And I know nothing I do in this moment is probably going to stop it. But what I know with absolute certainty is that I've felt this hundreds of times before. And every single time it's gone away and things were okay. So I all I'm going to do, I'm not going to try and even, you know, I'm not going to try and get rid of this emotion. I'm just going to accept that it's there and remind myself that things will be fine. And, you know, then it quickly does end up dissipating. And you, so you sort of learn that from, you know, from experience, I guess, as well. Yeah, absolutely. The The point you said earlier around um, that education piece, we see so many different organizations these days, like the Man Cave. Um, you know, there's, there's plenty others that are actually going in schools and, and teaching these kids um, things around, um, emotional intelligence, um, understanding their mental health a bit better. One thing I've, I've found fascinating and I probably won't be able to do it justice by explaining it is, you know, how we have like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and, you know, at the bottom, you've got all these like physiological needs around like food, air, shelter, sex, whatever it might be. Um, but, and then, you know, as you go up, you, you reach this stage of like self-actualization. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, like, you know, in reflection, one of the things that I think is missing there and one thing that's probably missing in our society is, yes, food, shelter, air, water is all very important um, to achieve all those higher order needs. But mental health and having that sort of mental resilience and fitness, that is 
what actually leads to us rocking up to work each day that leads us to putting food on on the table earning income um reaching that state of bliss because without those things like i could have shocking mental health and i'm very fortunate that you know i have these tools that i do each day that puts me in a good place that i can fall back on but without that like it's it's really hard to rock up to work every day um and i think you brought up a really good point around you know teaching kids and and whoever it might be that it is very important and we'll all slip up there's no doubt about it i think you know as we get older and um all these things that become so conditioned in us that we don't even realize um that becomes so like subconscious in our in our tapestry and our thinking um but yeah I, i just thought that was a really interesting point um especially around it. I think the more discussions we have, especially with the younger generation coming up, um, the more we can embed that into our society. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, teaching those tools, that's what it is. It's like teaching these fundamental tools that you can draw back on. And, you know, it's not saying teaching people how to not make mistakes or how to not, um, you know, have mental health issues come up. It's more teaching how do you try and do, you know, exactly what you said, do these daily things that, you know you do whether things are going good bad or indifferent you've got them to draw on and you know it's great that there are those initiatives that are st- there's more of those starting to happen which is really good uh but again i think long term there's not going to be a big enough change unless the government step in in quite a quite a significant mm-hmm. you know quite a severe way and just completely rejig you know this archaic school mm-hmm. system this was built you know yeah. so many years ago for like it's it's not it, it's bizarre like and and I, you know, I think it's crazy how, and it's like a human thing that we get set in, we hate change. And like, if you look at what happened mm. with COVID, one of the positive things that happened is it absolutely shattered all of these systems that have been put in place for no logical reason. You know, having to work um, in a specific location, even if you don't have to be there, when we've got technology that could save you two and a half hours in commuting and, you know, make, make you able to actually probably have an extra five to ten meetings that day because you're not going traveling around and whatever and yes we physically do need to be in places for some things but you know so much more can actually be achieved mm. and it's all there but that wouldn't have changed if COVID didn't happen and not because we're not aware of it because people hate change mm. so it's the same sort of thing yeah. you know it's like sort of takes sadly often takes you know some drastic sort of event for a big change to to actually happen mm. Hmm. especially with like that whole that whole journey with mental health as well i think like you touched on a really good point there regarding you know doing those small things every single day um and i think i think what kind of reminds me um this thing that simon sinek um once said about um this idea of sort of brushing your teeth every day i mean like when you you mean like you, you go and brush your teeth every day you, your, your mouth's not going to be 100 percent clean you have to like if you don't brush your teeth for a week and then brush your teeth, then, you know, eventually you have to go to the dentist and you'll have to, you'll have a lot of problems, but it's about what it's really about is brushing your teeth every single day to prevent that from even yeah. happening. So it's about that consistency and it's about that sort of, yeah, no, I love, yeah. I love Simon Sinek. Um, yeah. And yeah, I actually saw where, where I was living in New York. I like, I, I, I bumped into him twice. Like I didn't go up to him, but I saw oh, him really? like, <laughs> I was like he, he, I must have been living near where he was, and I just saw him two days in a row. It was so weird, and I like walked past, and I was like about to go up and be like, "Hey, Simon!" No, and then I just like he was yeah. had walked off, and I didn't didn't, nah. <laughs> didn't do it. I did do it. I did do it recently with Deepak Chopra, actually, because like, and this is oh, this really? is the this yeah. is the coolest. All right. The coolest thing about living in New York is like it's so bizarre. You're like walking down the street, and you just see all the you're like what the hell that's like you know Hugh Jackman just walked <laughs> past me and 
Deepak Chopra and I had actually emailed Deepak <laughs> about my book and his management and you know had some form of communication but I'm like oh he's he's standing there yeah. so I'm just like stuff I went up yeah. and talked to him and um, actually was able to give him you know a copy of my book and um, chatted to him he like chatted to me after like yeah. but it's just you oh, know crazy anyway it's going off topic but it's just like a crazy <laughs> part of what I do love about New York um, but you know to the point that you were saying there I think that and it's one of the biggest things I talk about in my book as well. It's got, you know, and the programs I do, it's all about creating habits and how do you, you know, not, I think the, the art of creating a habit or a daily routine or a regular routine, mm. um, not even if it's just for mental health, for anything you want to do, I think it's the most critical thing because um, it really is. It's like not about how much effort you can put in in a short period of time because that often won't be mm. sustained. Uh, if you can make it just, it's mm. about, you know, if you can do small things daily, long term that's going to give you so much more progression than just going and uh doing you know short bursts and burning out and you know that kind of thing so i think it's just yeah such an important thing to understand really um the psychology behind doing that and you know applying it to whatever it is you're wanting to do just making things into that habitual sort of process yeah just so just just on your point before it's sort of bumping into people in new york hopefully there'll be i'm sure there'll you, you be you couldn't forget that man. no no I'm, I'm sure there'll be it <laughs> i could tell yeah no i'm sure there'll be a time where you're walking along the street and then someone will be like oh my god i saw nick brax that one time so <laughs> i'm sure there'll be yeah i'm sure there'll be a time we'll see time. we'll see mate we'll see maybe if i sell enough books yeah <laughs> long way to go you should have you should should have plugged um dancing with the stars and neighbors yeah oh yeah like hey yeah yeah I'm, yeah i know no actually they when when people in over there find out that i was on dancing with the stars they they actually they like that one because it's a huge show i, I always forget like it's such a big show in america so they're like what the hell you're on that yeah. so it's, it's kind of kind of funny not gq uh yeah not not as much they, they care more about the dancing one uh, good combo started that yeah. one so that's the thing I, I i've got like I've got like every continent covered. You go there or if you go to the UK, you just say to them, hey, I, I was on Neighbours for like two years. Look at me. And they're like, what? Neighbours? What the hell? So there you go. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Um, One thing I read the other day, our conscious mind only like processes like I think 40 bits of information or, or something really small. And it's our subconscious mind that processes like 10 million or, or 11 million bits of information. And so the, the, what you just said a moment ago about mm. like, um, these things that are going on in our head, um, mm. a lot of it actually sits within our subconscious mind that mm. we, you know, we don't have all our biases that exist, all our, mm. um, deeply rooted thoughts and seeds of, you know, whatever it might be actually sits there. And, you know, you see so many people that, you know, do a lot of great work. You know, we had Christian Martinow, Stefano that came on our podcast. All these people are so obsessed with actually unlocking, you know, what actually goes on in that subconscious mind of ours. Yeah. Mm. I think I that was quite fascinating. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing that. That's, I, I'm, I'm going to look more into that, but that, that is, yeah, really, really interesting. And it's like, um, and that's the thing, I think it's that, that whole thing about, you know, follow your gut or listen to your gut. Like it's, that, our, our intuition knows best and it's not even coming from this like conscious place. But I think it, if you have the confidence to think, to listen to your gut, or I know in my own life, I have always sort of done what I wanted to do, but I used to not trust myself. So I would sort of know in my gut, what I wanted to do, but then I'd have to get validation and ask 50 different people and exhaust myself. And then eventually after all of this process, you go back to just doing what your gut told you in the first place. And I think if you can just trust it, you know, and, and not have to 
we don't you know we love to be able to explain things logically and rationalize it but we can't with so many things in life so yeah and, and that's the same thing when you're talking about those extreme examples like the the golden gate bridge um it was you know all of the people who had jumped off it had had that thought process that had survived they that's what they had said um and and it's often when we've you know we're, we've let our mind get out of control to that point where we aren't able to be in touch with our you know subconscious anymore and our conscious mind has completely taken over and the thoughts have become so severe and on such a loop and so loud uh that we're believing what they're telling us and you know it's so it's, it's a, a really good thing for people to remind themselves that you know our thoughts are not a lot of the time probably most of the time they're, they're not actually true they're just something in our mind you know they're not mm. reality and mm. uh, we don't have to listen to them no matter how powerful they that we think mm. they are um we don't have to you know we don't have to take them on on face value mm. yeah um i think yeah one of the things i also wanted to add to that as well is you know when we talk about the subconscious mind and how we haven't yet tapped into that but i think also what's really important is understanding the importance of the unconscious mind i think because um, a lot of the healing and a lot of the a lot of that work is sort of done when we're asleep and when we're unconscious and all that you know all that repair and um, uh, there was this really good um, really good podcast that I listened to actually I'm not sure if you if you heard this one it's but with Michael Walker he's a uh, professor at uh, at Harvard University um, I'm not I'm not sure if it's Harvard or Stanford one of the Ivy League schools um, but yeah, yeah he's, he's a smart guy um, but uh, he essentially says that the input he, he sort of he's a sleepologist and he sort of speaks about the importance of sleep there's just yeah if you i think if you don't have um i think what eight or nine hours of sleep per night it can have very detrimental long-term effects it's very very detrimental for your heart health for your mental health and sort of just processing those those emotions that you have on a day-to-day basis it's very hard to to sort of process those things and, and 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 sort of allow them to heal when you're sleeping Oh, critically, yeah, no, a hundred. And I think mm. it's um, I yeah, I interviewed a sleep expert like a, about a, two months ago, mm. and uh, I think mm. when you're like a fully formed adult, it's it's still they're saying seven hours is the minimum you should be yeah. having. You know, seven. I think seven yeah. to nine's like the bracket. So, mm. and like you're saying, there's so much um, so much more. I mean, obviously, we all know sleep's important, but there's so much more um, information coming out about how critical it is for our mm. mental well-being and it, it can be drastic yeah. and, and those long-term effects and, you know, can lead to in extreme cases like Alzheimer's if you're not sleeping enough. Like it's yeah, exactly. really, mm. really, really important. Uh, and mm. and I think, you know, like we get often, we've been again from that capitalism sort of um, viewpoint, we get these motivational people out there saying, you know, just if you push harder and do this and work 16 yeah. hours a day. David and, Goggins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And David Goggins, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I find him kind of funny. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed by the guy, but it's also like, I'm like, whoa, this is like a bit much. Yeah, just fucking push. Stay hard. Stay hard, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Or, or you get you get The Rock, you know, saying he sleeps yeah. for three hours a night because he's like, that's, and he, I think he actually, I'm like that, that's actually potentially dangerous information to yeah. be pushing mm. into the public because mm. that's not going to, and I actually asked this sleep expert about that. Cause I'm like, Hey, I'm confused. How, if he actually does do that, how the hell does this guy? Cause I know if I, if I don't get at least seven hours, I'm, I'm not functioning yeah. well. And if I get under yeah. six, I like start feeling pretty depressed and I'm like, I'm, I'm not coping. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she was saying there's like, I forgot the name of the gene, but there's this like special sleep gene. I actually talked about it in my book a bit with mm. this expert um, that I think it's 1% of the, no, less than 1% of the population have. Aye. 
Um, But whatever it's called, if people have this particular gene, those people can actually function fully on something like three to four hours of sleep. So it's these small... So so probably these people, you know, you hear The Rock, you hear like Richard Branson and all these like public figures um, that can can do that. But that's because they've Mm -hmm. got that gene. That's not applicable to most people. You got, you got people like us trying to copy them and this doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're on four hours sleep right now, so stay hard. We're stay not hard. come on, stay hard guys. Anyone listening to this, my, my final advice is forget everything we've talked about. Stop being a pussy and stay hard. Just stay hard. You better not use is that it, as like a, a sound sa- you better not use that as a sound clip from this from this podcast. Yeah, people will be like, gonna be the sound clip. All right. They'll be like Nick Nick's, Nick's lost the plot. <laughs> you oh, see us like tag tag you on LinkedIn with like an audiogram and it's just like <laughs> Stay hard. You, you forget everything, stay hard. I'm never talking to these guys again. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a funny thing on, on David Goggins' Instagram. This is a massive detour. He takes like a someone, some mum posted on Reddit about his like nine year old, her nine year old son. And oh, I've seen this. She, yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and he sh- so it's like um, she's sharing a story of her nine year old son just talking about like doing pull ups and how some girl at school called him like weak and like you know he'll leave the dinner table randomly and start doing pull ups and yeah. start waking up at random times the money and uh, in the, in the morning and just like shouting like stay hard and like David Goggins <laughs> and stuff like that and <laughs> David Goggins shared this snippet on um, of Reddit on his Instagram and and he's talking about like. You know, I, I empathize with this kid. Like, I can see where he's going. He's staying hard. He's got the vision. He's got the dream. And yeah. at the end, like, it's just funny because he's, My like, God. actually, like, I, I don't mm. know if it was sarcastic or whatever. I hope it's not. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I hope it is. But yeah. if it wasn't, then, you know, like. <laughs> I know. Um, if it's yeah, not, it's yeah, kind yeah, of it was, scary. It's like spreading. It's, it's, scary. Kind, it's kind of scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's like um, pushing yeah. toxic masculinity, really. It's like trying to, yeah. you know, it's like very backwards mm. um, sort of thinking. Mm. Yeah, it's like it's a good point because what you're doing at the moment with with your podcast, you know, you're sitting down with so many um, influential people, and I think it's quite important that you know people like you who have this um, public platform to share their story, um, you know, you you can very much set, you know, this next wave of you know if I don't know Will Smith is is going through something similar, then you know, look, doesn't matter how much money or what status you have, it doesn't discriminate, um, yeah. it doesn't discriminate and you you talk about it quite a bit. Um, in your is this is this the vision with with what you're doing with your podcast and 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 your story you know getting these people within the entertainment industry to start sharing their story to you know put it out there that actually it doesn't matter you know whether you're halfway across the world whether you've got 10 million dollars or whatever it is mental health uh, impacts every one of us um every single day it is yeah no definitely like being able to just share stories and um i think you know people if someone hears like you said like someone like will smith um, talk openly about what he's been through that's gonna uh, you know people look up to these celebrities and they're gonna think hang on this guy who I think is superhuman if he if he can suffer from a problem then I then I definitely have permission to also be okay suffering from that problem so I think it's really important that we you know do do that and that's definitely something you know that I'm hoping to do more of in the future and sort of in the US um, looking at other projects outside of the podcast to you know do that on a mm. on a bigger level just because i think it's you know combining um i guess entertainment with these messages is a way that you can package it up in like a palatable way to 
um, you know, reach people from all corners of the of the planet. So I think it's really important that we do that. Yeah, it's awesome. I think I think we use probably use that as the the sound the sound uh, clip for, for, for promoting podcasts. <laughs> just just ro- road test each one of them. Put 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 one up one up for a day, then try the other and see what gets the better response. Bit of AB bit of AB testing. That's, that's, yeah, sorry, AB. that's what I was trying to think of. I was going to say AB <laughs> test them. Yeah. <laughs> oh that's great oh, i love it i love it um so yeah i'm just mindful that uh you know i think we have spoken for what we think an hour an hour and a bit so um we wanted to maybe want to finish off this 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 conversation with a i think sunny this is the first time we've actually done this it, it, it could go sideways it could go well it could go yeah i don't know we'll just try and experiment this with with you nick but um we, we had like a rap, rapid fire question session i know we've thrown a lot of a lot of questions at you but these ones are a bit more lighthearted. but we thought we'd uh we might just, just finish off with a right. quick rapid fire question we need sure. like eye of the tiger music like yeah over this, like, yeah <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah exactly. i know we do that okay cool so i think i'll start off with the uh the first question what is your favorite underwear brand obviously underbrex come on <laughs> uh so your favorite tv show you've got three options dancing with the stars neighbors or dancing with the stars <laughs> <laughs> oh god um i'll go dancing with the stars <laughs> i think that's our, that's our favorite as well oh, yeah, if you could jam to one of these artists which one would it be drake or kanye uh drake drake i'd go drake uh uh who is the most famous person that you've met oh Probably Will Smith. Oh wow! When was that? Ah, I'm trying to think. Fresh yeah, Prince probably. of Bel Air. This was um, a long time. It was when my dad was premier, and he uh, it was the uh, the screening in Melbourne oh, of yeah. Ali. Okay, yeah. Is that the film he did, Ali? Yeah. Um, and he was like sitting, you know, one row in front of us, <laughs> and we got to meet him. And yeah, that was sort of a cool experience yeah. as a as a young kid. So he would be one of them. There's a few other ones, but he's oh, okay. he's up there. awesome. Um favorite city, <laughs> favorite city outside of Australia? Vancouver. Actually Vancouver. So I'm I'm living mm. in Vancouver right now. I, I oh no sorry, not living here. I'm I lived in Vancouver for like two years. I live in New York now, but I I'm in New York more it's an amazing place and you know good for work and everything, but I fell in love with Vancouver because I'm I'm looking up now I can see like mountains you've got you drive from the city 10 minutes and you're on a ski slope it's like a city built around a rainforest so it's like my favorite my favorite place on mm. earth pretty much nice uh, apart go. from the fact that it's like 20 degrees colder <laughs> than melbourne which is just like unfathomable <laughs> well i actually like that i i think i don't know like i kind of enjoy that like wintry weather so i'm kind of weird <laughs> nice nice uh this one's this one's a bit open-ended um share us a fun fact um you know fun fact very open yeah very open book Um, just any 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 fun fact um yeah favorite pizza favorite pineapples on pizza whatever it might be like (laughs) yeah i'm trying to think oh well i mean if it's a food related thing there's quite a few like so i one of my favorite things for to have for breakfast which my grandma i think invented or taught me i don't know where it came from but it's um peanut butter with like fresh tomato and cracked pepper on toast oh yeah so that's one of them um (laughs) nice yeah we'll have to try that good protein Uh, yeah exactly (laughs) so give give that one a go and and if you want to try a vegemite one try um vegemite on toast with um egg on top okay interesting it actually Vegemite works really egg well. on top. <laughs> yeah, so Vegemite on toast with eggs. You get like all the salty things from oh, the Vegemite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems to work yeah. well. Ah. I think that's probably a lockdown. Thing. Or or that's a lockdown one. But as a, as a third one, 
I, you can combine um, peanut butter and Vegemite together, and that's good as well. <laughs> What's yeah. wrong with me? <laughs> um, I reckon I got the. Uh, this is probably the most yeah. important question, and then this will probably like round round out with this question. Um, it's very important that Sonny and I have been thinking about for quite a while. Um, so as two men, um, we aren't only like hosts behind the mic at this podcast. We're also actually aspiring models, as you can probably tell. Um, so what advice would you have for us uh, to really break into the industry? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would say, you know, like, well, you are too good looking. Oh, you know, come on. Stop um, it. I would say, I'd say, I'd say, stop look. Stop it, Nick. Oh, just stop it. Look, I'm, I'm not in Melbourne right now. I've been thinking of relaunching my underwear brand. I've been looking for two men to model oh, it. So how do you guys feel about, you know, this weekend awesome. just doing a, an underwear modeling photo oh. shoot? We'll, we'll, we'll get you a spray tan. We'll oil you up and, you know, we'll... We'll get it organised. Yeah, I'm actually yeah, I'm very relieved. I thought you were going to be like, oh, just get plastic surgery or something. But that, oh, that's a really good option. <laughs> yeah, we'll take, we'll take we'll the take spray tan. tan. Yeah, take the spray tan. There you go. That's it. Take the oh, spray tan. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, that, 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 was, that was really this good fun. Good really fun. good fun. Uh, I think that's a, that's it from, I think it's all the questions that I have, Sunny. I think, I'm not sure if you have any more. Uh, I mean, yeah, the modeling one just really caps it off. I'm really happy we got to ask that one. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely uh no thank you so thank much. you heaps nick um amazing pleasure a lot of fun i think Love awesome it. chemistry and um, i hope that people that listen to this get something out of it but i think we know what sound clip we're using uh, at the end so stay, <laughs> stay tuned <hard>. stay hard <laughs> do, stay hard do that a b testing see what which sound clip works and uh no but yeah thank you guys for um no i've really enjoyed coming on and and like i said at the beginning i think um it is so great what you guys are doing and you know i've worked in this space for a long time now and what i've always said is i think you know the the more people that can talk about this stuff and try and spread these messages the better so it's about getting as you know encouraging that conversation so i think you know it's so good what you're doing and you know i'm sure you guys will help so many people by having these regular conversations and you know I'll, you know thank you for having me as one of those people really appreciate it nick thank you so much for coming on we're we're, we're very grateful for that thank you, so thank you. <laughs> No problem. We Thank usually you. finish off with finish off with a sign off. So this is Sunny signing off. This is Mank signing off. And Nick signing off. <laughs> and there you have it. That's another episode done and dusted. Um, so just want to say a massive thanks to Nick Brax for coming on board and, and sharing his story. Um, Mank and I really enjoyed that conversation. The man has a lot of depth and is super down to earth. So um, you would have heard from some of the banter that we had. Um, we actually had a bit more banter uh, off the recording as well. So get behind Nick Brax, get behind Underbrax. He's an awesome guy. We'll put some of the details in the show notes below, especially with his book, uh, Move Your Mind, and the work he's doing with his podcast as well. So. Um, if you enjoy the work that we're doing as well, please check us out on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. We're Bottled Up Oz. Um, and if you like the work that we're doing, please leave us a review on um, Apple Podcast um, and give us a follow as well to stay tuned. So stay tuned for the next one. And this is Sunny. And on behalf of Mank, we are signing off. <laughs> <laughs>